I'm Ryan. I'm Gina. And you are here for a brand new episode of the TVBs where we talk about the Netflix original series Ratchet. Ratchet starring Sarah Paulson and we are going to get really ratchet this episode as we discuss everything Ratchet. So hopefully you join us and become Team Ratchet, and hopefully also that intro sounds a bit familiar. Yeah. If not, make it familiar. Make it familiar. Spoiler alert, it's the theme song of Ratchet. See you soon. Okay, so, uh, Ratchet. Here we are, folks. We're back again. Um, it's been, it's been about what five six months since the show came out in that time we've watched several other things but this one has been an absolute standout to us definitely i mean first of all i don't know if we want to get straight into it but i'm obviously as ryan would say you're not 100 percent a true fan of ryan murphy um because if you are a true tvb listener you know that i had quite a few things to say about hollywood which Mm -hmm. we covered and some of um the anthology series of american horror story they were not my favorite but i feel like i was very 100 percent real and voiced that totally but i will say um although ryan murphy isn't like you know the head honcho director and writer he has a lot of fingerprints on ratchet he's like the cree i believe he or developed the series yes um, not he wasn't a writer or direct like full director but he definitely like is a major part as well as the actors in ratchet i mean you'll find them if yeah. you if you followed american horror story in many of the the series yeah And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about what Ryan Murphy can do, is he can create so many things and put his little touches on it, and it's still innately Ryan Murphy. Yeah. You know, like, I I believe the first couple of seasons of American Horror Story, he was still writing and directing, like, a good amount of the episodes, and now he just does it maybe, like, he'll write maybe, like, the pilot to get, like, the story out there, and maybe the finale to, like, wrap things up the way he wants it wrapped up. But other than that, I believe he just gives his team of writers, like, this is what's happening this episode, that episode, like, and it and it varies. I remember season one was supposed to be 13 episodes long, but it ended at 12 episodes because he was like, all right, we don't need that episode. We could do this all in one. Yeah, um, And I feel magical. like he does, like, the same thing with his other series uh, of the moment, such as Feud, uh, such as American Crime Story, and what we're going to talk about tonight, Ratchet, where he just puts his little... A little Murphy Ryan Murphy twist. Yeah. And I will say it is Ratchet with a twist. So much. Um, besides any spoiler alerts, I just want everyone out there to know, since I'm the resident fact checker, if you haven't watched Ratchet yet, don't let us form any opinions. And do not search online for any reviews of Ratchet because yeah. they are not... They are not, they're not kind, kind. and also I don't believe that the writers of these reviews understand that Ratchet ain't going nowhere. And they're expecting it to be exactly like the source material when they need to learn, like... This is season one of four. Yeah, Yeah. so, So, um, anywho... Speaking of fact-checking, before we divulge too much, and if you don't want any spoilers after Gina gives this summary of the show, then, um... 
go ahead and press pause after she gives you the summary, watch the series, and then continue to see if you agree or disagree with the bees. Yes. So usually we do a Wikipedia summary, but I felt like I was on IMDb doing my little fact checking, and I thought that the IMDb summary just kind of nailed it on the head a little bit more than just a one to two sentence about what Ratchet is. So here goes nothing. Ratchet is a suspenseful drama series that tells the origin story of asylum nurse Mildred Ratchet. In 1947, Mildred arrives in Northern California to seek employment at a leading psychiatric hospital where new and unsettling experiments have begun on the human mind. On a mission, Mildred presents herself as a perfect image of what a dedicated nurse should be, but the wheels are always turning, and as she begins to infiltrate the mental health care system and those within it, Mildred's stylish exterior bellies a growing darkness that has long been smoldering within, revealing the true that true monsters are made, not born. Oh, that's a great summary. And I do feel like um, that last sentence true monsters are made not born that's really like a central theme of what ratchet believes and her overall mission throughout episode one to eight is trying to figure out her own issues and other family members that are also lead characters around her totally and I guess, I mean, there's all spoiler alerts here, so yeah. screw it. <laughs> um, I do want to just, like, mention one thing about the Wikipedia summary. Just yeah. because I mentioned, like, a source material. But it is uh, a prequel to the novel and the film from 1975 starring Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. um, entitled uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So if you're familiar of that movie, then this is Nurse Ratchet's. Uh, background story. If you haven't read the book growing up in school or watched Did the movie... Did you have to read that? No. Okay. But I feel like that would definitely be like course material for maybe like a literature college course. Yeah. Like freshman year. So aside from it being a prequel, it also takes place in a different state. It takes place in Lucia, California versus somewhere in Oregon. Yes. So those are basically like the two things to expect different aside from not seeing a lot of the characters that you'll see in the movie nurse ratchet being a prequel story and the location is different Uh, um so yeah uh before we go into talking more about the show um here's what i like to believe is a fan favorite part of the show uh we are going to introduce our drink of the week which is called a that's my peach drink (laughs) wink wink um and it is made by putting two heaping spoonfuls of peach preserves into a glass filled with ice heaping heaping (laughs) go ahead and add five to ten leaves of tarragon go ahead and stir that up with three ounces of the vodka of your choice and please use a tumbler glass three ounces is a lot (laughs) once you get that all well combined and the leaves are broken up slightly with the end of your preferably metal straw hashtag save the turtles (laughs) go ahead and top it with your choice of sparkling limeade 
or sparkling water with a squirt of lime. I'm going to see if by the end of our podcast, I feel like after drinking your drink, I feel like I just had a lobotomy. Yeah. Precursor to, to this, this series. Really peachy keen, or you're going to feel like you had a lobotomy. Or lobotomy mean. <laughs> I like that. Let's stick with it. Um, of course, in true TVB's fashion, we're going to have a buzzword that uh, I have written about eight options down into this box, and I'm shaking up the box. Can you hear it? Shake it up, If baby. you can hear anything else, it's hot in here, and you might hear a little bit of whirring from the fan in the background, but we're, we're having a hot it. girl summer right now over here in California. Ratchet summer. A ratchet summer. Uh, so Gina's going to pick a buzzword. Once that buzzword is picked, we are going to intentionally or unintentionally incorporate that word into our uh, vocabulary. Mine um, is so good with picking these choice words because the word that I chose, every time you hear this word, you have to drink whatever's in your cup, is nerves. <laughs> So, in true TVB's fashion, um, every time you hear the word nurse, or let's just go ahead and start it off right now. Yeah. Nurse. Nurse. Nurses help people. Or do they? We'll find out. Um, okay. So, the N-word. The, not, oh God. Not that one, but nurse. Nurse. I just didn't want to have to say nurse again because now we have two steps. Okay. Jesus Christ. See, we're already starting off with a bang. All right. So the next segment we'll go into is one of my favorites, and it's so easy and simple, but I just feel like it makes me so happy. It Re sets a tone to our feelings. Of it does. Yeah. Three words to best describe the show at hand. So three words to me that best describe Ratchet would be tender, dark, and quirky. Okay. Tender, I will say right off the bat, uh, this is, like we mentioned earlier, only season one of four, possibly five, of the Ratchet, I guess that anthology series. And we're taking a look at Nurse, Ratchet, cheers. Oh God. We're seeing we're seeing Ratchet before, like a backstory to what makes Ratchet Ratchet. What makes her cold? What makes her mean? What makes her eerie? What makes her mysterious? What makes her tick? But most of all, what brought her to? Well, if you watched one, flew over the cuckoo's nest. Kind of what brought her to clanking those keys against. Um, the lobotomy door. So I kind of is cool to see a tender part of who this woman is because as of right now, if I didn't know anything, if I didn't watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, if I didn't know anything about Nurse Ratched, I would say she has a tender side to her. For sure. Um, I also believe we'll mention her family soon, but I think tenderness is a central theme to me, whether it's her, whether it's her caring for others, or especially a specific family member that until the end, um, she has a tender part of her heart towards. Yeah. Dark, uh, Ratchet is dark. Anything mm -hmm. that Ryan Murphy touches is dark. Um, I'm not saying this that Ratchet is 
dark in a bad way. It's dark in the best way possible, but it's also quirky. So I love how it's, there's these like dark tones mixed with like a quirky kind of like humorous, uh, I don't know, underbelly, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Okay. Like it's just from the outfits to the colors, to the conversation, to how kind of chaotic each episode is. It's not very streamlined. Um, you're always meeting new characters that have nothing to do really with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but it's coming out of Ryan Murphy's own imagination. We want Sharon Stone, let's write her into the script. You know, like, I think uh, Corky really sums up once you watch like maybe the first 15 minutes, you'll understand yeah. from the music choices too, um, clothing, like I mentioned, the colors of everything, conversations. It's just quirky. It's not hilarious. It's, no, no. It's humorous, but with dark undertones mm -hmm. and a tender side. Like, it like overall, it's like, I, I don't even want, it, it's a drama, but it has, like, dark comedy tones. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you're right about quirky and what you said about the cast. Like, I could not imagine Sharon Stone, Judy Davis, um, Finn Wittrick, Sarah Paulson, all in the same cast amongst others. Oh, I think adding Sharon Stone and Judy effing Davis. Judy Davis <laughs> is fantastic. I love her. I mean, this is pretty iconic, but these, you know what will be fun to see, Ryan? We should check back in as, like, the series progresses because these buzzwords might change. Mm -hmm. You know, right now I say tender and dark and quirky, but maybe the next the next season is not tender and we're getting more in depth of... We're getting the grit of Mildred. The grit, yes. So what about you? Is anything similar to what my words are? Uh, the most similar one is loving because, okay. you know, aside from what you said about, you know, we're getting to see Mildred's tender side, there's a lot of love happening mm -hmm. in this, um, in this series, in this season, and it, it, it could be chaotic Bonnie and Clyde type of love, it could be, you know, a mutual understanding of two soulmates who just can't be together, or it, it could be the love of, um, family members, let's leave it at that. Uh, it, it could be a love of what they do. There's a lot of love mm -hmm. in this series. Um, another word that I have is psychotic because A, it's in an insane asylum. B, a lot of these characters are fucking psychotic. Like, their motives, they, you know, their heart's in the right place, but they, they're just being really fucking insane about how they go about the end mission yes. of it. Yes, Um And the third one I have is cruel, because, a, which trails off the psychotic and how, you know, people do things, but a lot of, a lot of these characters just have cruel tendencies, or they're completely innocent and have cruel things done to them mm -hmm. in order to quote-unquote correct them. Yeah, I think, and we can probably discuss this later um, with our fan questions, but I think a huge theme is really looking at, like, the mental health care system as a whole. Yeah. And really examining that, and it, it, we're kind of doing that in a way where, yeah, like, we're going off of, like, Nurse Ratchet and that story, but it's through that story that we're really like taking a look just like Ryan Murphy always likes to put in like um 
the American Horror Story where we focused on Trump and the presidency. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a common... That's filming right now. Yeah. The, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, exciting! Um, there's always a common theme that I think he wants to explore through our buzzwords we just discussed, you know? Mm-hmm. Through a, through a characters that are experiencing psychotic or tendencies that are tender, that are dark, quirky, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I feel like he does it in such an artistic way to where he's not flat out saying, there's issues in our mental health care system. It's like, he's telling a full story. This is a story of things that go awry and go wrong. Um, You know, why saying someone is crazy is not okay because they are all humans. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been through trauma. Some of them were literally just born that way. And that's what we're taking a deeper dive into if true monsters are made not born right like that's really what nurse ratchet is trying to um figure out but also recognize if she herself is one and if her family members are as well yeah um i want to add one other word that i just came to mind and it's like heartbreak and kind of like trauma Mm -hmm. like i feel as though whether we look later on in our podcast if Nurse Ratchet is a villain or not, I think there's always a reason of why someone makes choices. And that's either because they start with love and then experience trauma or heartbreak. And I think that, like, heartbreak has to be a word somewhere in there because a lot of these main characters, their heart is broken because of certain things in their childhood or current situations or future situations and I feel as though that plays like a huge part into like what we're about to see from her and what we currently are seeing from her yeah. and all the other characters that are so fun and freaky <laughs> well before we uh, take a break I just have one thing to say nurse she has let's get started So what is Ratched? Besides how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) So Ratched is a story about an insane asylum, uh, as we previously mentioned. But the story starts out with this person played by Finn Wittrick, uh, Edward Munson? Edmundson. and he murders a household of priests only one of them survives and it becomes like this whole uh uh issue in the news and it's like the biggest story of the time and at the same time we meet mildred ratchet played by sarah paulson we do find out in that priest murder in the very beginning that one of the priests was edmund's father Mm -hmm. so that was and I had to rewatch actually episode one to understand why Edmund killed a group of priests. Right. Um, but anyways, right, go ahead. I just wanted to throw that out there. That there was a reasoning behind the crazy. Yeah, like a very sinister reason behind even why he would kill his father. Yes. Um and we meet Mildred Ratchet, who is a nurse. And quote unquote nurse, and she uh, she goes up to Lucia, 
the state hospital, I believe, Lucia State Hospital, and she applies for a job there, and coincidentally, that's also where Edward is being held. held. <laughs> um, she immediately has tensions with other nurses, uh, Betsy He's Bucket. really just trying to get you guys all really buzzed. <laughs> uh, and Betsy Bucket is completely flippant toward Ms. Ratchet. And Nurse Bucket is played by Judy Davis. Judy Davis, phenomenal actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about her once before on Feud. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was Hedda Hopper. Yeah. The gossip columnist. And uh, also the head doctor, Dr. Hanover, does not want anything to do with her, I believe, at first. And eventually she gets this job because she is very cunning, she is very uh, manipulative, and she is very pure in in one what on we believe. In, in, in one-on-one conversations. If I were to talk to her, I would not know how calculating she is because she's so well put together. Um, so basically this show follows her stint in the Lucia State Asylum as, um, a nurse. Or head nurse. Head nurse. That's like three. That's like three to five (laughs) nurses in one (laughs) sentence. Um, she goes, uh, you know, she goes to eventually take charge of the place, but between that... We also meet a ton of other characters. We learn about Dr. Hanover, who happened to be um, on the run from a uh, violent crime that he did, and he's always had this air of mystery about him that we can't really place until It's like a nasty mystery. Mm-hmm. Mystery. Until we meet Lenore Osgood, played by the incomparable Cheryl Sharon Stone and she uh, has a hit out on Hanover because of something that he had done to her son which will be revealed shortly and we meet her within the first three episodes and she's stalking him and he's terrified and he's becoming unhinged and part of the reason of him becoming unhinged is how Mildred is able to uh befriend him and guide him for quote unquote his own good Mm -hmm. but really when it comes down to it it's for her to become the nurse ratchet that we meet in one flew over the cuckoo's nest yes um betsy bucket is always very very apprehensive of her she finds allies and people such as finn who is a disfigured uh attendant to the hospital and he was disfigured in World War II. Uh, a, a bomb flew off on half of his face and he's played by one of the Parker twins who you guys might know from uh, uh, they played uh, Lynette's sons on uh, Desperate Housewives after the five year jump and even though he's disfigured I have to say he is so, he's so, so adorable. adorable so cute um we have a fan question about him later. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, we don't really know what Ratchet is 
what her main MO is, but we know that she also dislikes nurses such as, what's her name? Um, uh, not Betty. Uh, Dolly. Dolly. Such as Dolly. She's always mistrusting, and then she finds out that she's sleeping with Edward, and then we find out that Edward is Ratchet's... Spoiler alert! ...sister, but foster sister, and they were, you know, put through, put through hell in their time together as foster siblings, and, uh she finds out that Dolly is, you know, having sex with Edmund, you know, not they're in the love. They're in love. Oh, they're so fucking in love. Um, I mean, I would be really in love with Edmund too. She's just a whore. She is. I don't like her. Um, Dolly the damage. (laughs) And then we meet, uh, all of the lobotomy victims. One is a former opera singer who, uh, is going senile, I believe, or she's she's doing something, and then there's a young boy who is clearly just very anxious and very nervous, and we meet all the people that they want to lobotomize, and Nurse Ratchet volunteers to watch the lobotomy sessions, and she learns how to do it so she can go and visit the priest who survived and lobotomizes him. And she has this all... Uh, okay. From Edmund's killing spree in episode one. She has this all calculated from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Uh, she knows exactly what she wants to do, and she knows why that she's going there. We don't find that out as viewers until later, and I think that that's really exciting because we have no clue why she's so invested in this person and why she wants to become uh, the head of his care. Uh in that time, we also learn of several other forms of torture that these uh, patients are going through, such as these scalding hot baths that's supposed to somehow cure them, but it ends up damaging them mm-hmm. and traumatizing them because they come out with second, maybe third degree burns on their body. Um, they pass out because of the heat and because of the pain. and her and Finn's completely sabotaged that mission at once and Nurse Bucket is all for it because she has a huge crush on Dr. Hanover hugest crush on Dr. Hanover and wants his mission to be seen at every single step of the way why I'm not sure still (laughs) yeah I, I think she respected him and she also clearly had a crush on him and that's how Ratchet was able to gaslight her into believing that Hanover had a crush on her so that Mm -hmm. she could further get her way. But uh, the thing that Gina said about everything being very, very, you know, everything's very pure coming from Ratchet, she comes at you with the purest intentions. And like I said, you don't realize her calculations until you see the story starting to or until we really further. understand why she's doing all of this. Yeah. And it's because of Edmund. It's because of Her Edmund. brother. And, and I mean, we can go into what a brother means. But yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there's, you know, a huge, you know, breakout event of Edmund where they all plan to have a dance. And Edmund... Ratchet and 
Dolly are all do- not so much Dolly, but she became a part of it because of Edmund. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted that Bonnie and Clyde lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out as she thought it would. No, no, not at all. And basically, Mildred had planned to, you know, have Edmund do something very, very sinister, but not deadly at the dance and it turns horribly and then Edmund goes on the run and then there's this huge Bonnie and Clyde chase and find and capture and spoiler alert Dolly ends up getting killed because she comes out with a fucking shotgun trying to <laughs> shoot it like she's trying to stand up for her van cars. she c- killed two she killed two mm-hmm. before she went down Jesus and she killed Christ. a rooster too which I'll discuss later <laughs> Um, and then Edmund goes back to the, uh, asylum, and, uh, this whole time, Lenore is still trying to get Hanover, and Ratchet becomes a part of that sinister mm-hmm. plan to be the hit woman. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, we learn of the motel owner, or motel, like, Madam. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's I, quite I, the character. I, I forget what her name is, but she looks like she smells. Um, she She looks is, like her stockings are always rolled, like, on her calves. Rolled down. <laughs> uh, she is the embodiment of the lady with the broom from the Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yes! Yeah, that, that would be her. Just vile, nasty, complete alcoholic. Uh, ex-flapper. Uh, and she, you know, Louise? turns out Louise, that's her. She is best friends with Betsy Bucket. And so Betsy is finding out a lot about Ratchet because of Louise. And there's like this private investigator story in the beginning that's really fucking bizarre. And I'm not even going to go into it because it just. You guys, we don't want to confuse you yeah. guys too much. But There's a lot of different storylines interwoven into one central, I think, storyline. But when it comes right down to it, like, the another sub-story is that the state is looking to fund Lucia because of Dr. Hanover's work, and the governor is coming up on a campaign, and his campaign assistant, played by Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City, is going to, uh, you know curate, you know, a place for him to fund in and invest in and, you know, also make the facility progress. She ends up falling in love with, uh, she's in a lavender marriage to begin with. Mm-hmm. And if y'all don't know what that is, that's when a lesbian and a gay man get together and marry each other to hide each other's tea. To hide each other's honess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, her and... Mildred end up having like this fling and she's like a chaperone at the dance where like this whole thing happens and uh, I think that the way that the storylines for each and every person weave together are really fascinating and at the end of the day this show really shows the injustices of the mental health system in like the 40s mm-hmm. it also shows uh, the tabooness of intersexual relationships mm-hmm. it also touches on race it also touches on power it also touches on 
uh, what you would do for love. And kind of like a revenge story. Yeah. Um, that we can or don't have to get into, you know, the last episode. But I feel like there is very much, yeah, like a love story that goes wrong. And because of that, there is a type of revenge love that will ensue in probably episode or season two on. Mm-hmm. But it is true. I think that from the dance episode on is when everything kind of just starts falling apart. Like we learn about who Ratchet is and what her motives and mission overall is, why she came to that asylum, um, her fight to be closer and to free her brother. And the whole dance episode, the main goal of that dance was to showcase Edmund as quote unquote crazy to the point where he would not be put oh sentenced to death the mm-hmm. the electric chair and the governor was basically only going to be uh elected again if this Edmund was fit to sit during trial yes. as the same person and instead of going through with that plan things were chaotic as Ryan mentioned but I just feel like that's always how it goes. It's like you have a plan and it never happens the way it should. And then because of that plan not going well, everything else kind of just goes... I mean, from that episode on, everything kind of gets really chaotic. Um, and then we start learning really like the darkness behind each character and their own motives. So I think it's cool to see how all of the characters really unravel um, right to the last, like, episode eight, and then we're set for revenge. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of like a chaotic roller coaster ride with many um, interwoven storylines and character arcs, if you will. But I think where we end up on episode eight, and the episodes are an hour, but they go by so fast. So fast. They're so intriguing, and there's so much happening. But I feel like it sets up season two and forward um, in an exciting way to learn where this revenge love is going to go, if anywhere. Um, before we move on to our highlights, is there anything else that you'd like to add to summarize the season, aside from what I've already said? Um, I think a little bit more about the history, because it'll lead into my like one of my first highlights which isn't really a highlight because it's kind of like a negative thing that happened in uh ratchet and edmund's past but there's a marionette show that uh ratchet goes to and in this marionette show basically she's having this like come to moment of the past is like looking at her through these dolls like she's replaying her whole childhood through these dolls and it's actually done in a really artistic way but it's very disturbing and spoiler alert i just thought this was really fascinating and really plays to who edmund and ratchet are like their inner literally their beings like what started them off in such like a horrific childhood post-childhood way um so we learn through this show that's very like carefree and um i don't know childlike 
of their past of going in and out of like orphanages and then finally they land on what they call like their forever mommy and daddy or their forever home and it's like an obese couple who at first like they're feeding them ice cream and giving them all these toys and really like gaining their trust and um, before like their forever home they were in and out of so many orphanages that I think they met like the head of one of the orphanages and they were like the only way you guys can ever stay together is if I forge your paperwork and say that you guys are brother and sister. So they're not technically brother and sister, but because of their past um, and that forgery of the document, overnight they were. So before they reach their forever home, they are considered brother and sister. That's the only way they would ever be allowed to go to a new home together and not separate. In this home, like horrendous things happen after that trust was gained by that by their like forever mommy and daddy. This couple basically they go to the basement to find that there is a stage and puppets to play with, and then they find out that they're actually indeed the puppets to create a show on a stage for pedophiles, basically. Mm-hmm. And so yeah um it's just really like it's creepy and i do believe that like things like this happen um and unfortunately that like kind of portrays like you know a look into like what the next few years to like their adulthood uh really looked like because ratchet really could knock it over these like horrific acts that they had to like basically do to each other yeah and um edmund spoil huge huge spoiler alert edmund uh, gouges the eyes of the forever mommy and daddy because the ratchet's like we gotta get the heck out of here let's go together start a new life and they're so young at this moment totally um and he's like not less than 15 yeah oh yes he's like not before i get revenge you leave i'm gonna get revenge he gets revenge she leaves um and then kind of the story to me truly begins because once we find out that backstory i feel like everything starts making sense and that's why she feels like she owes everything to him because without him intervening they might not have gotten away successfully yes and so she feels like he freed her and it's her obligation. She said, I will find you once again, one day. And I really believe that Edmund, as we kind of see this as a precursor to an act that he does towards season, the end of, I think, or episode eight, he always wants to do something huge so that she can find him. So he did this massacre of the priests who happened to be his biological, one of them was his biological Who, father. Like, raped his mother? Um, something happened. Or something happened that... that it, where the mother was, like... Yeah. Uh, tormented from it. And then um, we see, like, a similar act of nurses. Go figure. Well, Drink. <laughs> we need a sip after this Thank one. Thanks. But um, we see that he you know, creates another massacre and he knew it would get her attention. But this time it's not, not like either of these massacres are in a positive light. No. But they both have 
substance and meaning behind them. It's not just like, rec it is reckless killings, but it's there's something behind each of these things that he wants to prove, but it always gets her attention. So in the beginning, that massacre got her attention to know that she had to go to the asylum enter nurse ratchet and her story begins because she wants to free edmund all of these things happen like as ryan discussed throughout the episodes all these new characters and storylines but the overall like i would say her goal in the very beginning was to free her quote-unquote brother and actually probably love of her life mm -hmm. um well yeah because i think she was like sexually conflicted because mm -hmm. like you know he's her first and not maybe by like choice but it was like they yeah. were had to be in this together yeah she had like this forced intimate relationship with him aside from having that deeper innate love for him yes as a sibling yeah so that's where like the heartbreak i think comes into no you're right and even though, even though you downplayed it as a highlight, I really do think it's an important highlight because it highlights their relationship. Yeah, and it's a very, like, disturbing, like, what happened to them is very disturbing, but there are people that are going through similar things, so hopefully, like... And as there are people that are doing those things, too. Yeah, as dark it. as uh, Ratchet may be, like, we say it's dark, but, like, we have not experienced those things before exactly. whereas like many people out there and maybe even someone who's listening right now like you know like it's just really like disheartening but yeah. also plays into like who Rasha was at that moment totally. um i think at the end of you know this this uh first season we see a different Rasha, we see a different edmund we see all the characters in a different light but at least that was one of, I wouldn't say highlights, but like a very important piece to the puzzle to explain a little bit of the background of like who, who some of these characters are. Um, okay, my second highlight or just a moment that I actually really enjoyed, when I said that one of my buzzwords was tender, I think Edmund, to me personally, like I love Finn. Like I, if you are a TVB listener, you know how much I love this this man. I think he's a wonderful actor, but his character is very tender. Um, there's a moment where the nurse Bucket who allows him to be in the barn. I think so. So, was that like a truthful moment, or were they like doing that in order for something to happen to him? Like I didn't understand like. Basically, listeners, they, before Edmund was uh, to sit on trial or, like, to receive, like, the electric chair, he's able to go to the barn on the asylum, like, I don't know, outdoor lawn area, yeah. like, the property, and be in there for one hour, watched, and play with the animals so that there was, like... Watched by snipers. Yeah. So then he was able to, like, um, have a part of his, like, upbringing and just maybe bring some life to him before he left this earth i don't know i just didn't know how like genuine that was i or... think maybe okay i could be completely wrong yeah but i think that ratchet convinced them to do this for him in a before the dance and mm -hmm. the massacre at the asylum yeah 
as an attempt to make him seem humane. Yeah, okay. Um, that makes sense because in these moments, like, you just see him happy and the way he, like, interacts with these animals. They're so pure. When him and Dolly ran away, there's a moment where they're literally in an abandoned barn again, like, this theme of the barn. And in this moment, Dolly, like, there's a rooster and she picks up the, he's, like, joking around, like, oh, that could be dinner. And she picks up the rooster, and she's about to kill the rooster. And he's like, wait, you're going to kill it? And she's like, you just slit somebody's throat, killed X amount of priests, are about to, like, basically sit on the electric chair, and you're getting mad at me killing this rooster. And he said something, and I can't quote this, but it was basically along the lines of, like, yeah, but that rooster didn't do anything. It didn't cause any harm to anyone else. So I thought that was interesting because there is obviously with, I wouldn't call him a villain, but like with any. He's like a very chaotic. A tortured uh, soul maybe. like He's like an Avenger. Yeah. I just feel like there's uh, a tender aspect to his personality. So I just thought that was like interesting. Um, And also when he like had that quote about the rooster, I was like. But what about the security guard at the dance? Right? Like, that, you forgot yeah, all about him. Yeah. So, anyways, take it as you will, but animals do really provide some sort of yeah. <laughs> healing powers. Um, my last thing that's just, like, actually a highlight is, I believe it's, like, the seventh or, like, at least the eighth for sure. All of the women are in Mexico. And to me, like, this... Ratchet season one is very dark in many ways. Like I mentioned the um, puppet show and everything that that brought forward. But I feel like there's a moment in Mexico before some other chaotic things that happen that is just like purely like colorful and happy. And all of these women, so by women I mean Ratchet, uh, Nurse Bucket, and... Gwendolyn? Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. And it's just, like, powerful women finally sitting there all together, like, by the pool, just enjoying each other's company, even though they have seen shit, done shit, um, are going through shit, but they're just sitting there, like, enjoying one moment of time before, like, another, like, hurricane slew of, like darkness rolls in so I think that that's just kind of like a fun moment to me to see them dressed up not in their like nurse attire but literally just like in their dresses drinking their margaritas and trying to find some sort of happiness from from what they all traumatically went through in different ways yeah and and you know we've talked about the dance quite a bit and Gwendolyn is the lover ratchet who was the assistant of the governor mm-hmm. and she ended up like being in the crossfire of the dance but made it through yes she um took a bullet took maybe a bullet. for love or no, lust or accident fucking, really because fucking uh, uh dot dolly. dolly is crazy ryan does not like dolly so he will never remember her name i do not remember her name <laughs> 
But anyways, overall, like, I don't really look at them as, like, highlights except for that Mexico moment because they're just kind of, like, standout things that have happened. Yeah. But anywho, long-winded, but much-needed. Ryan, what about your highlights? Are any of them similar? Mm, no, none of them are similar, actually. Um, so I'm actually excited to tell the story awesome. of these characters slash storylines. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Charlotte Wells, who we meet during the dance episode, and Charlotte Wells... Brilliant uh, character. Brilliant. Brilliant. One of the best actresses this season, in my opinion, and she is, uh, she's played by, um, she's played by Sophie Okonedo, and she and I only say her race because it goes into the story. Uh, she's this beautiful African American woman, tall, composed, well put together, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we first meet her screaming at somebody playing the violin. Stop! Stop! Every stop! What you doing? You are shit. You don't know what you're doing. You have no clue what you are doing. Do you know who I am? I am on Dean. First chair violin. I played for this person and that person and this person and that person. And then the next time that we see her, she's in uh, Richard Hanover's office because she's been apprehended and sent to the insane asylum. And I'm I'm Charlotte Wells and I I have no clue why I'm here. And Hanover is confused. You're you're Charlotte Wells. It says on here that you are... It says right here that you are on Dean Duquette. I don't. I don't know who that is. I've I, I've heard of her, but I I don't know who I, I don't know who she is. I I was I was at the library, and next thing you know, I'm I'm here. And then she goes through a series of other characters. Ryan Murphy, this is awesome audition. If you're listening. <laughs> and then she plays Apollo, who's a real rough guy. He. He's out to hunt Hitler. He is an Olympic gold medalist, and he's going to take care of all the Nazis. And then Hanover looks fucking confused. Oh, for sure. And also high. (laughs) And then she turns into Baby Taffy. Baby Taffy just needs to take care of her mama who is sick. And she's talking to her mom, oh, you want soup, mom? And no mother is there. <laughs> and Hanover's like, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm talking to mama. She's right over there. And so this is a person with um, multiple personality disorder. Um, so Hanover's like, this is going to be my first successful patient, patient doing hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cure her via hypnosis. And you know this is the dance episode uh, the dance episode so uh he wants to use it first on nurse bucket who ratchet has already told hanover you are going to go on this date with nurse bucket you are going to be happy on this date with betsy bucket i didn't want to say that other (laughs) word again um she is uh you know she's looking forward to this so then he has it in his mind oh i'm going to try to hypnotize betsy bucket you do not want to go to the dance with me what no of course i want to go to the dance with you says betsy bucket and so like it implanted immediately are doubts that hanover cannot cure charlotte wells 
but then he ends up hypnotizing her and she's very successful all of her multiple personalities uh you know just becomes charlotte um and we learned during the hypnotherapy session that the reason that she has all these multiple personalities is because as a black woman she was uh kidnapped by a group of young white men who uh locked her in a closet stripped her naked made her uh eat dog food i think she was in the closet for six or seven days that's why she was so upset in the closet and her final episode gotcha mm-hmm. And I was wondering she, what that, yeah. okay. And they would let her out of the closet every once in a while to chase her around, taunt her, beat her. Uh, she had sores and abscesses because she was not being taken care of. And uh, one of the boys ended up not feeling right about what was going on and uh, called the police. The police rescued her. She believes that the policeman that gave her bus money was the father of one of the boys. That's why it didn't go without trial or without any kind of charges. Just basically told her to leave. And during her time in the closet, she developed these different personalities. The strong woman, the, the, the macho man who's going to take care of everybody who is wrong to done him and baby taffy the person who's feeling extremely vulnerable but needs to take care of herself and like her in my opinion her self is the mom and baby taffy is the character that she created that was vulnerable that needed to uh, uh, all right charlotte you've got this yeah charlotte could potentially be mom yeah um and uh she does very very well at this hypno at this hypnotization session so well that she's having a good time at the dance and she's has a crush on the security guard and she's dancing with the security guard and as herself as herself as charlotte because she had uh cleansed herself of the trauma and like the need to have these uh these multiple personalities and then she's dancing with the security guard and Edmund slits the security guard's throat as she's dancing with her and she immediately regresses. I forget what character she goes into. I believe it's either on Dean or Apollo. I can't remember, but I know. Like, I know it, was, it wasn't Baby Taffy, but I know it was somebody who had like a very like kind of voice, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, later she's, you know, sent away and she comes back and she's Dr. Hanover who is now another one of her honestly listeners one of my favorite moments I told Ryan before we recorded like seeing that new personality Mm -hmm. if I was you know like looking for an Oscar nominee and all the right places she was in what that's three episodes or like three to four episodes And she's obviously going to be a central part of at least the beginning of season two. She's the best actress this season. Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) hands down, when she came back or another personality came out that was Dr. Hanover, it's like, what can she not do or accomplish? To play a character who has multiple personality disorder is hard. And, well, actually... I will give the spoiler alert to yes. another one of my yes. highlights. Uh, but Charlotte came back as Dr. Hanover, 
and uh, uh, Nurse Ratchet helped her escape, and uh, you know, hope that she leads life as an okay person. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go right into my next highlight because it ties into the Charlotte and uh, also the Lenore Osgood story so well. So Lenore has this son. His name is, what is Lenore's son name? Keep going, I'll find it. Uh, her son is very sadistic, would poke uh, people with needles and pins, uh, would set the spoon on a hot plate knowing that the uh, their chef was going to touch it and burn herself and he found this all fun in games uh, and Lenore knew and Lenore she has this pet monkey she's rich as hell typical old money type of person uh, lives in what you would consider to be you know a mansion at the Garden of Allah back in the old Hollywood days and she's extremely opulent and Sharon Stone does a great job at portraying this character uh, and this Brandon, Brandon or Henry Henry Osgood Henry is fucking sick and she hires Dr. Hanover who is going by a different name because Dr. Hanover is the name that he chose to evade her um, and basically he hires she hires him to do a psychiatric evaluation on the son and so he brings a small dose he brings a bottle of LSD in order to do a small dose of LSD on Henry in order to get him to open up more and see more inside of his uh, depths. Like the inner workings of his mind. Mm -hmm. Well Hanover looks down for one second and Henry pours the entire glass of LSD inside of Hanover's <laughs> glass and Hanover drinks it and he's tripping before he's he tripping hard. what's happening. He's dancing. He looks like Ron Swanson in that one scene of Parks and Recreation where they're like all blacked out on <laughs> snake juice. Um, she uh, Except he's a licensed professional. <laughs> Henry, we find out, is telling him I need to get rid of these arms. These arms are the things that are making me do this. And, you know, we're not getting rid of your arms, says Hanover. And then, next thing you know, uh, he comes, Henry comes back in with two severed arms. He murdered the, I don't even think he murdered the gardener. I think he just cut off his arms while he was alive, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and comes back in, you're going to sew these on me. You have to take my arms off now. And then Henry ends up taking off his own arms um, and then Hanover decides alright well now that it's all done and I'm tripping on LSD let's go ahead and sew these gardener arms onto your that way that way you won't poke people and torture people anymore eventually he comes septic he has no arms no legs because of all the infections and Lenore even though the direct cause of Henry's actions caused this wants Hanover's head wants him dead does not want literally his head he literally wants his head in a hat box and she eventually gets it because uh, 
I believe Dean turns into Apollo as uh, as Hanover is helping her escape and she murders him and then Nurse Ratchet finds them in the hotel together and is like, well shit, now I get my ransom, I'm gonna let you off free, go ahead Dean." and Lenore gets the head and then Lenore is murdered by somebody. It's like another gardener. Like another gardener or something like that. But basically like this LSD scenario is basically the whole entire Hanover side story of the first season and ties in Lenore. So I thought that that was a definite highlight and I think that those scenes depicting the LSD trip are some of the funniest in the entire series. Yes, and that's where, like, the quirky, like, because something obviously really ratchet is about to go down. So ratchet. But it's, it's like, there's this tender and lighthearted moment of, it's Dr. Hanover just literally in a lucid dream that becomes, unfortunately, a nightmare, a living nightmare. But I do want to mention um, before your next highlight, Rye, that if, any of our listeners are 13 Reasons Why fans. Um, Brandon Flynn's character is played by Justin, or the character of Justin Foley and 13 Reasons Why, which is like one of the main, the main guys. So at first I thought it was like one of the Franco brothers and I was like, Ryan, oh my God, is that David Franco? And I was like, what James Franco? are you talking about? And I was like, no, that's why I recognized him. So 13 Reasons Why. I would say this is a completely different role for him, but for sure. I love him. He's so cute. I know. And conflicted. And that was a really effed up. And the CGI they did to him in every scene, having no arms or legs. So good. good. So good. And Sharon Stone, I just want to add, beautiful. Beautiful. Honestly, like, beautiful. Beautiful. Goddess. And she's the most insane character in this show, in my opinion, because she can't accept responsibility for her son's actions. It's everybody else's fault, always. Always. She knows something's wrong with him, but the direct actions of him not having arms and legs are somehow not his fault when, you know, he literally broke his... He sawed one arm off and then broke off the other one in a dresser drawer. She kind of reminds me of a glamorized Gypsy Rose, in a way. Totally. Like keeping her son like now he's limbless basically mm-hmm. and he's just she has to feed him clean him wipe him everything treat him like baby mm-hmm. baby bye um that's a good one right my last highlight is going to be very very short and sweet but we get to learn nurse ratchets mm-hmm. uh quote unquote nurse <laughs> drink <laughs> we'll drink um Basically, what happens is this: there's a flashback to World War II, and we see Nurse. God damn it! We see <laughs> Mildred in the uh, in the barracks, in the tents of the injured soldiers that are out on the front line, and she is, you know, tending to people who have burns all over, who have, you know, significant uh, amputation because of grenades and whatnot, and she. She decides that she is going to put them out of their misery, and she does it 
in her mind, she's, you know, the doctor death of the uh, uh, of the brigade, but for therapeutic reasons, mm-hmm. because they need to be put out of their misery. How could they ever... When really she has no like idea this? what the F she's doing. And, you know, all of her, you know, you know, the people that she's attending on are now being investigated by upper people behind the scenes that we don't see, but they're like uh, ratchet. What is going on that you are every single person has died of suffocation without any kind of throat wounds, lung wounds, brain trauma. How is this happening? She goes, you may not believe me or something along those lines, but I am doing this to help them. I am doing this to save them from a lifetime of misery. And if you don't like the way I practice, and then they're like, oh, well, and I don't even see that you have the uh, credentials to even be here like where where did you get that where did you get these letters from these recommendations letter from where did you know okay i'll tell you what you need to leave right now and you need to never be a nurse again mm-hmm. and so basically well, she didn't take no in that for scene an answer that she was never a nurse she just always wanted to be there for people even if she didn't have the qualifications and the and way that tender. she was there for a lot of people throughout the season was not correct. There not, was always something calculated and something self-fulfilling about it. As though, like, she felt like because Edmund killed their, like, quote-unquote parents, she needed to somehow, like, rede- have, like, a redemption. Mm-hmm. Maybe? I don't yeah. know. Uh, she also has a lightweight vengeance story now that we're talking about it yeah she does yeah there's something out there that's hurting her that she needs uh she doesn't want to feel pain so maybe she's thinks she's helping by putting people out of their pain or inflicting pain or inflicting pain and i know we'll see more of that it's only going to get more dark and twisted as um she evolves yeah for sure but yeah, those are my three highlights. I really loved seeing Dr. Hanover and how it tied into Lenore. And I loved the Charlotte storyline and mm-hmm. also seeing how that tied into the previous storyline that I just mentioned. And I loved seeing uh, Nurse Ratched. This is the first time uh, between the marionette show and her time at Lucia that we're seeing an interim period of her. Yes. I feel like our highlights really brought forth a lot of themes. Yeah. And just more... a deeper look into some of these characters because I think I think you kind of have to watch Ratchet with an open mind and know that there is a future for the show not just like one and done season like we mentioned earlier but also that these characters are still evolving they're not done yet and although there's like so much going on in the first season like it's just beginning and I just hope that you little TVBs don't give up on Ratchet because I think we are about to see like some really, really good television. And congratulations, Netflix. I agree. <laughs> and I actually like that they killed off so many characters this season because it allows for new storylines. Definitely. With, like, and then we'll still get to see like Bucket, Gwendolyn, Ratchet, and all of our favorites are for maybe, the most part. Maybe. Ha- 
what if Henry Osgood is a patient of the asylum next season? Uh, well, he's still alive. He's still so. alive. And he's probably looking for and then work. And we get to see Huck. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Uh, okay, so, like, one of, like, the stipulations that Nurse Ratchet had was that, like, after uh, Hanover's death, that Nurse Bucket became the head of the institution, and uh, and Huck was head nurse. I, this is cheers to Huck. Cheers Appreciation. To Huck. Cheers to Huck. But we do have a fan question Give about that him later. Very fan. You had an idea for a really, really awesome game. Yes. To close out this segment, <laughs> I wanted to end with a bang, and I feel like we've been talking about like Team Ratchet all, all podcasts. But I think we should do like a rapid quick fire of Are you Team Ratchet or Team Bougie? In maybe like ten or so, we can go back and forth. Okay. Um. And and just kind of bounce off each other. Alright. In certain situations. Okay. Um, in the asylum, are you Team Ratchet or Team Bougie? Oh, Team Bougie. I would want a private suite, all that. <laughs> okay, with Huck, are you <laughs> Team Ratchet or Bougie? Team Ratchet. I would get <laughs> Buck Wild with his disfigured ass. With Edmund. Uh, team No. Dr. Hanover. Team no. <laughs> but if I were, okay, but for both of them, I would get ratchet, but not in, like, a buck wild way. I would be, like, really fucking, like, I hate you. Okay. What about in any of the barn scenes? Oh, Team Bougie. You know I would turn that barn into a palace. Ooh, Sharon Stone's home. Oh, I would be the bougiest person with her. Um, We'd be smoking our cigarettes on our sticks. With the monkey, oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll get into the monkey. I love the monkey. She <laughs> always has a monkey on her shoulder. We will get into the monkey because we can't leave the monkey out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What about Mexico? Um, I would get ratchet in Mexico. I'd want, like, the street experience. I'd want the street food. I wouldn't want the resort. Gotcha. Okay, now in real life, just a couple fun ones. Bachelorette party, Atlantic City. Oh, we're... <laughs> We're going to be bougially ratchet. <laughs> I love that. Um, walking down the street to the grocery store. So ratchet. I'm usually <laughs> in sweats and slides. <laughs> On public transportation. So bougie. Furs, all of it. At work. It depends on the day. On a virtual call, Zoom or anything else. Uh, bougie from the chest up ratchet from the waist down weeknights ratchet any night <laughs> weekends ratchet mornings a little bougie i have a keurig with herbal tea <laughs> <laughs> and you heard it first folks <laughs> those right. are my rapid fires that i made up out of the blue <laughs> wait do i need to do rapid fires for you no, I feel like that's good. Because right. we kind of went cool. through literally ratchet moments and then reality. All right. Well, we should we, make that a part of, like... I actually kind of like the rapid fire. Yeah, okay, <laughs> me too. Uh, when we come back, we are going to uh, answer a couple of Instagram fan questions. And we've got, like, what, ten we questions have, or I so? I feel like so people want to know. during break, let's pick, like, the top four. Yes. And then Perfect. we're going to take a quiz, and Gina is going to provide mm -hmm. us with my favorite segment, where I have to do absolutely nothing, and she just spits facts. Yes, sir. We will see you guys 
we won't see you guys. You'll, well, you'll, you'll hear, hear from us, us very soon. <laughs> And we are back with uh, part three of the TVB's Present Ratchet. Uh, we always ask for Instagram fan questions, and we were given a plethora of questions. And Gina has expertly curated four, one, two, four <coughs> questions. Oh, sorry. God bless you. <laughs> now you can see how her show is live. Um, uh, she's curated the four best fan questions that she feels we need to answer. So why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off with the first one? Okay, so at Darth Baz asked, what was the best look of Sharon Stone in this show? And I know exactly the look. Um, so towards, I think it's like episode seven, six or seven, she's wearing this like yellow one-piece jumpsuit and it's just like one of those like power move jumpsuits but the color was yellow and I read something earlier which I mean I usually do my fact checks later but I thought this was super interesting given Sharon Stone's character uh, Murphy uses color in the costumes and sets to represent different themes and yellow represents deceit uh, what was happening in that And scene? I feel like in this specific scene when she was wearing the yellow jumpsuit is when Dr. Hanover first visited her. And she was, like, basically telling him all about her son. And it's like, I don't know if it was more deceitful, if that's the right word, or if it was more just, like... Well, I guess it's deceitful because she wanted him there for a specific reason other than to treat her son, really. Yeah. So, yeah, fun fact. Um, I can get into those colors later, but yellow, one-piece, power move, jumpsuit, which represented deceit. Uh, and we'll definitely post our favorite outfits, but my favorite one, and I would be lying if I say I knew exactly what was happening during the story at that time, but one that stands out to me is she has this white two-piece and it's these high-waisted, beautifully tailored pants and this beautiful white matching blouse. And then it's these sheer, the sheer white blouse with either gray or maybe like a taupe or like a blackish kind of like polka dot on it. Yes. And I just thought she looked so regal. She reminded me of like a... Uh, society woman a la Joan Crawford in the 1940s how she would just be hanging out at home uh, I thought that it was stunning and you know if you guys know us well you know that I'm a drag queen and my very specific thing is like fun and chic and I thought, thought that that was very chic and then like the dramatic polka dots was also very fun but yes. added you know an element of like fashion yeah uh, so I loved that look and that's actually probably one of our best questions that we've got to ryan murphy white equals purity so maybe in that moment she was feeling pure feeling, feeling resolved pure. i have no clue wait did she die in that outfit i don't think she did i just remember this scene of her like laying down on the couch yes like like uh, that's probably what she does in real life like <laughs> sprawled out like her 
her legs on the floor, but you know, it's like this aerial shot of her and her arms are out and she just feels, I just remember her feeling so like relieved. Maybe, oh, it might've been when she found out that the head had been gotten. Oh, that would make sense. She felt cleansed and pure. Let's go with that. If I'm wrong, comment down in the comments. Um, Next question. Okay, next question. In your opinion, who will win the Nurse Ratchet versus Edmund battle? Let's have a so cheers to because I feel word. like we haven't been cheersing lately because we've been saying Nurse so often. So at TVBs, hopefully you guys are feeling pretty saucy and or Ratchet at this point. And if you're sober, hopefully you've had to pee as much as me <laughs> as well. But spoiler alert: a little bit of background to this question. Last episode, if you don't want to hear. Turn the volume down for a minute, but last scene of episode eight, Ratchet gets a call while in Mexico. And mind you, while she's been in Mexico, um, like I mentioned before in one of my highlights, all of the women are kind of living like carefree. And every day she checks the newspaper to see if Edmund is somehow out there, whether like there's a killing or an article explaining something of, or the other. Um, and she finally reads in the paper that there was a massacre of nurses. And she gets a call while at the um, hotel and it's from Edmund. And the last few words are basically like, he's like, I'm coming for you. And she's like, uh, not if I come for you first. Mm-hmm. And so like the whole, like we discussed before, like up until this point, the whole like reason why she wanted to like find him, um, give him freedom. Now he has that freedom, but it is a role reversal. Yeah. Um. So, in my opinion, I think uh, Edmund's gonna have a really great try at Ratchet. Maybe hit it, hit her where it hurts. Maybe even actually hurt her in some way, physical form. But Ratchet, to me, if this is Four Seasons, is going to come out on top. Because yeah. she has a lot more story to tell. Uh, I also feel that uh, Nurse Ratchet is going to come out on top. And it's interesting that you said that he might hurt her physically. Because at the beginning of you saying this question, I thought, well, clearly we know that she's going to come out supreme. Because season four or five, whenever it's supposed to end... Uh, I forget the exact number that it's contracted to, but what if, what if, what if somehow we think that he's gone, but he comes back in the final season, and we have no clue what's going to happen in, like, the between seasons, but it would be really cool for him to have this moment of her being hurt by him and then truly turning into that sadistic one flew over the cuckoo's nest nurse ratchet that we see. And we think that he's done for, and we think that she's just going to, you know, outwit every patient and submit every patient to her. Uh, And then maybe there might be a scene in one of the final seasons or final episodes where we realize that he's still around. And she, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's it, 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 a fan theory, just a fan theory. Fan I feel theory like there's gonna definitely be more themes from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I yeah. think it'll be more fun. As probably Ryan Murphy's 
seen a lot of like the critics uh, not so great comments and reviews. So the final season is supposed to take place during the events of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then, you know, of course, that's the end of Nurse Ratchet. Uh, so she's going to come out on top, but what if... Oh my god, Edmund could be part Jack of the foil. He could be part of the foil. Character. Or an affiliate of Jack yeah. Nicholson. Okay. Oh, wow. I love right. it. Cool. Next question. Oh, and by the way, uh, Oftentimes, Gina and I submit questions of our own, just in case there are, one of the questions that we got was really random, and it was, who do you, how, how do you think the no arm, no leg guy wipes? Uh, do you think he just scoots his way across like a dog if nobody's no, around? No, I think Sharon Stone and or the gardener and or he has someone to wipe him. And I don't think that's a question that we need to get into, but I <laughs> thought it was very amusing. But Gina actually submitted this question herself. Oh, yes. Ashley on Instagram mm-hmm. if you want to follow me. The next question comes from me, and it's something that I've thought about long and hard, but I want you to ask an answer first. Okay, so fuck, Mary kill, Hanover, Huck, Edward. So I'm going to fuck Huck. Um, I'm going to marry Edward or Edmund. And I'm going to kill Hanover, obviously. Okay. I'm also going to kill Hanover. Yes. I'm going to fuck Edmund. Okay. Tullison. Mm-hmm. I've been calling Edward I've been calling him Edward this whole episode, haven't I? Yes. Uh, Edmund. And I'm going to marry Huck. Okay. Because I think he, your baby. he's so pure, he's so kind, and when when he admitted his love to Ratchet to Ratchet, uh, thank you for not making me say that. <laughs> by the way, again, uh, when he when he uh, confessed his love to Nurse Ratchet, I oh, oh, got you. Watch me. Um, I felt like his response to her telling him that she thinks he's pure but it'll never work out because they're just not into the same type of person alluding to her being a lesbian with Gwendolyn yeah um he was so disappointed but he just took it like a champ and that's part of the reason why he was why uh uh, Ratchet was like he needs to be head and he's a genuine pure soul and he's so beautiful so beautiful like even with half of his face deformed they didn't even make him grotesquely deformed no um i have a fun fact about that later perfect um i want to know who you guys want to fmk with the same people in the comment of the post that we're actually gonna post yeah fmk um last question Last question from at Yumbe Eats. Is Nurse Ratchet truly a villain? Yes. She is. She's deceitful. Nobody thinks that she's a villain at first, but she's the one orchestrating everything. And, you know, what is a villain but somebody who orchestrates everything to make them not be uh, seen in a negative light. They're not facing their own inner demons, but they are demonizing others. They're demonizing others, and they're uh, adversely seemingly saint-like to everybody else. Which I think that season one uh, Mm -hmm. Nurse Ratchet, that's what you see. So I will say I'm going to hold my breath. I think what you saw in season one 
maybe she's not entirely a villain but I would say stay tuned and if you haven't watched One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest maybe just maybe you should mm -hmm. okay Rye what's next Alright, so uh, in true TVB's fashion, we're going to go to my favorite website, BuzzFeed. Um, Still waiting for that sponsorship. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe we should tag them a little bit more We often. should. Uh, we're going to find out which ratchet character are you. This was posted on October 13th, 2020. Uh, it's in the TV and movies quiz section. And the first question is, first, how would others describe you? Determined, confident, elusive, and strong. And I have a really, really fun concept for this question. Let's yeah. D let, let's let each other describe each other with those okay. questions. Okay, so let me read this again then for you. Okay. First, how would, you do, how would others describe you? Okay. Ryan, I would say uh, confident. For you, I'd say that you're determined. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite color? The options Ooh. are like a royal blue, a yellow, a red, and a cyan. And I'm going to say yellow. I'm going to say for you, confident blue. Or to me, that one exists. Just confidence. yellow for you just reminds me of happiness. And that's uniquely oh, you. Thank you. Uh, your dream job for you between actor, reporter, director, or chef. I have to say it's a reporter because of your journalism background. And I'm going to say chef to you because you be cooking it up hot in the kitchen. Always. Let's pick a food to serve. Oh my each god, other. I love this. Uh, it's going to be a sandwich, oysters, chocolate chip cookie, or a peach. Uh, I'm gonna say I, I I would I would make you chocolate chip cookies. Um, I'm gonna say you just served me a peach tonight, so okay. if that alludes to something what's to come. I'm about to serve you another peach tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, this is gonna be a fun one. Uh, when someone eats your lunch, being avoided, trying too hard, or tardiness. I want to say all of the above for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. For you, I'd say being avoided. Mm -hmm. I feel like you, I feel like you don't like that. You'd rather somebody be straight up with you than like be elusive with you. Yes, I want to say. I feel like being avoided. You're more like it's okay. I like being alone. Mm -hmm. Tardiness. I feel like you run late, but you're okay with that. Yeah. Um. Trying too hard. I'm gonna try too hard because when yeah. somebody eats your lunch, I mean, I feel like that would totally annoy you but trying too hard i would just order something else trying too hard i'm just like i'm not i'm not fucking into it why why are you yeah like here? stop pushing that one girl at that uh, new year's eve party that we went to who was just trying to be my friend and i was so fucking annoyed the whole night he, so annoyed. See, he still remembers that you know if someone eating his lunch he would be like Okay, I'm going to send an email out, and hopefully I'll get a Starbucks gift card tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'd be like, who ate my lunch and who's going to replace it? Exactly. See? And also, I probably wouldn't be too pressed because, fun fact, I stock the fridge at work with my lunches and breakfasts for the week. So if somebody eats one thing, it's like, okay, I have something else unless it's Friday. But on Fridays, I get off so early. So it's like, you know what? Go on. I'm going. I'm leaving even earlier. All right, we're gonna choose a random object for each other, and the options are a what is this like a tote satchel bag type yes. of thing, uh, some <coughs> John Lennon sunglasses, a pen, or a coffee or a latte with like a heart design on top. Mm, I'm gonna say 
I feel like for me, I don't really love these objects yeah, for you, but I'm gonna say a pen <coughs> because you be always right. And, and you don't drink coffee right now at those classes. Maybe for our uh, super special exclusive party the other weekend. Yeah. But you wouldn't just wear those like to Bart. And the bags, I think that's cute. It's cute, but I'm more of a uh, over the shoulder. Satchel. Yeah. So the pen, unfortunately, is the only object that kind of relates. For you, I would definitely say the coffee. Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Pick a school subject. Science, English, history, math for you. It's easy. English. Right. I'm going to say for you... uh, History. I do love history. I love documentaries. Where would you like to live the most? Portland, New York City, San Francisco, or Boston? Mmm. Mmm. Oh, this is tough. I know what I would choose for myself, but I... Okay, I don't... I'm going to say New York City, because I don't know if you've ever been to Portland. I know you've been to San Francisco, but I don't know if I could see you there or you'd want to be there. Yeah. Uh, but Boston, I don't know, between New York or Boston? Choose. Choose. Um, if you were to do not a forever home, but maybe just like a year out of your life, I'm going to go with, I think Boston sounds a little bit more low-key. I think you're right. New York is just, there's too much going on. And I think you getting to work, you'd be frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Boston's a little bit more subdued. Possibly. For you, I'd say San Francisco, just because you're innately a Bay Area girl and you love the big city. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't have as many small parts as Boston. Yeah. Uh, finally, what is most important to you? Happiness, love, education, or health? Mm. For you, I'd say happiness. I'm going to say for you... Uh, I mean, I feel like all of these things. Yeah. Um. I think love. You're right. I I don't mean like just by one person. No. You. D- oh my God. Jesus Christ. Oh, but yours. Okay. Okay. So for you, in my opinion, apparently, I think that you are Gwendolyn Briggs. You're quite creative. Like Gwendolyn, communication is your strongest characteristic, whether it's in writing or you're speaking to another person. You also wear your heart on your sleeve, which is no wonder why you're such a wordsmith. Wow, I really agree with all of those things. And let me just see, okay, listeners, I know we both said we were going to kill Hanover, but let's just hear what they have to say. Let's hear what Buzzword BuzzFeed has to say. Yeah, apparently I'm Dr. Richard Hanover. Mystery might as well be your middle name. You have a tendency to keep people on their toes, much like Richard Hanover. With your elusive personality, only a select few are lucky enough to know your true self. Mm. I actually, like, That's agree correct. with that. Like, I would I don't say a select do, few, but I, I, I don't like, think I would do anything that he did, but I, I get the description. You mysterious son of a bitch. <laughs> We might have to retake Ryan's at a later time. <laughs> yeah. Um, now for my favorite part of the podcast, Gina's going to go ahead and read to us a few of her favorite facts. My favorite facts. This is actually one of my favorite parts. So nine things you didn't know about Netflix's Ratchet and the cast. Um, and this is from Cosmopolitan. So, uh, warning, there are a lot of spoilers. And I think we've kind of discussed some of these, but some are kind of fun. 
So number one, Sarah Paulson struggled with the scene where she eats oysters with Cynthia Nixon. Apparently, um, Cynthia and Sarah Paulson are actually friends in real life, but Sarah Paulson absolutely hates oysters. And that was kind of a scene where I feel like Cynthia's character was alluding to the fact like, let's get some oysters. These are an aphrodisiac and also represent basically the beginning of their like lipstick lesbianism. Number two, Sharon Stone's pet monkey on the show also appeared in Pirates of the Caribbean. FYI, we haven't discussed Sharon Stone's pet monkey at all, but in the end of the first season, Sharon Stone is killed by a worker at her estate through her son. Wait, the monkey is... Wait. And basically the monkey receives... Um, in the will, everything. Oh my god, you're right. So the monkey actually is a very key character. I feel like we'll see the monkey again, for sure. I love the monkey. Um, I love monkeys in general, but... Sharon Stone said what she was most impressed by with this monkey is his real ability to understand thoughts and feelings and his ability as an actor. Oh god. So, uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean to Ratchet, who knew? He has more, like, of an acting career than we ever will. Uh, I have a fun story about animals yeah. on the set. But do you know that Toto was paid more weekly than the Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz? That's so, so And they sad. even put all of the scenes involving him <laughs> involved on hold when one of the Winkies, who are, like, the witches' yeah. guards, stepped on uh, Toto, whose real name is Terry his paw oh my and gosh. broke it and so they rearranged the whole entire schedule around <laughs> Terry's injury versus just a like getting a new or dog and these poor munchkins were getting <laughs> stuck in toilets because the toilets were normal sized. Oh my god. Carry on. <laughs> okay so number three Sarah Paulson and Cynthia Nixon are old friends. I, um, They're part of the old sewing circle. Yes. Number four, Finn listened to Nine Inch Nails to get into the mindset of serial killer Edmund Tolson. Ooh, I have a good question for yeah. you. Yeah. If you were to get into the mind of a serial killer, what band would it be, or musician, or what would you listen to? I feel like it'd be something very, like, dark, heavy, screamo, punk. Just, like, dark. I wouldn't say that Nine Inch Nails are, like, you know what I would go towards. Apparently, he said it was a random compilation of nine inch uh, nine inch nails and then some Beethoven, which I feel like is that's the tender part of him. And then the just like hardcore, indecisive. I don't know, crazy fiend. It's nine inch nails. I feel like for me, you know what I would listen to? I would listen to the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack because that is like the pent ultimate like uh, villain who is sitting And the there. opening of a Phantom song is like you coming into the room. <laughs> okay, you'll like this one. Um, Huck was inspired by the film The Elephant Man. What? Yes. So Charlie Carver, who plays Huck, used the film The Elephant Man as inspiration for his role, where he was recently serving in World War II, where he was wounded, suffering um, disfigurement to his face. 
Charlie told Netflix, Ryan shared some of the references that he thought might be fun to play with, such as the elephant man and Huck's qualities of sweetness in the hospital where there's some pretty horrific stuff going on. Hmm. I mean, he's one hot elephant man. That's all I have to say. I mean, I'd marry him. Um, I think we knew this already, but Ryan Murphy wrote the role of Lenore Osgood for Sharon Stone. So I feel like Ryan Murphy really does that a lot for actors or actresses that he admires or he just believes would be like a really fun addition to his series i do have a very quick fun fact about like him writing like roles for characters but he asked jessica lang after murder house is there anything that you'd like to do that you haven't done and she said, well, I've always wanted to do, like, this big song and dance sequence. And yeah. So Asylum was already in the works, and she was already cast. But then he uh, created the scene of the name game based mm. on her wishes, where she got to do this song and dance number. I would love if he was our director. I would just love to feed him a plate of cheese and pick his brain. Oh, for day. sure. Just to hang out with him for 30 minutes. Okay, n- number seven. One of the crew got a tattoo dedicated to the actress he plays nurse Betsy Bucket. Oh. Um, apparently, never mind Sharon Stone and her pet monkey, the actress that everyone is obsessed with on the show is Judy Davis. Uh, Cynthia Nixon told Cosmo, we all worship Judy Davis, and Sarah went on the internet and found all these different t-shirts that said Judy effing Davis. So Sarah ordered a ton of t-shirts for people to wear and waited until Judy's very last take. Then everybody threw off their jackets and showed off Judy Davis's paraphernalia, including our dresser who has many tattoos and went out and got a tattoo that actually said Judy effing Davis. I love that. I mean, that's pretty epic to be on set, like, with someone of that much power. It only took one, this is number eight, it only took one take to capture Sharon Stone's murder by her son. Oh, that's, is that the outfit with the fur over it? No, okay. no, 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 I'll, I'll show you, I'll show okay. you. Um, so uh, Sharon says it was pretty easy. We had the director yelling, oh, I love that, I'm so into it. We got into the pieces that we needed to get into because it was also so much more difficult for Brandon the lovely young man who played my son. He was a quadriplegic, so it was very complicated for him to kill her, but he actually didn't have to kill her. He had someone else do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, And we'll post that, too. Mm -hmm. And number nine, we're going to end with Sharon Stone used a lot of her personal wardrobe as props. Oh, shit. So she contributed many of her own belongings because she enjoyed getting into characters so much. She said... I used some of my own jewelry and a pair of glasses. I brought a cigarette case that I had to be my own prop. It was just this whole creation of the character. She was so extra because she was so insecure. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And that, my friends, is just nine simple, simple facts of Ratchet. And I'm sure as we progressively watch each season, when they come out, there'll be more. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do have... A tiny tiny fact to bring into all of this yes and that fact is the fact that we love that you fact check for all of us (laughs) I love to be that person I mean nobody could do it better than Gina let's be honest I mean I will literally fact check anything you need if you want to send me anyone's name 
or situation, I will let you know probably within like an hour and a half. Yeah, she's a master Googler. I am. So come at me. (laughs) Uh, When we come back, we are going to give you guys our final thoughts. We are, of course, going to give you a little bit of supplemental information to watch, to catch you up to speed, or to uh, uh, quench your thirst if you already loved Ratchet. And we're also going to tell you who our king and queen bees are. And, drum roll, we're going to announce what we are going to be reviewing next after our next episode of our favorite bees buzz we'll be right back with you guys p.s i love you All right, and we are back because uh, this is the final part of the show where we're going to discuss our final thoughts. Gina, what are your final Um, thoughts? My final thoughts are I am basically excited to see where this goes. I was a bit confused at certain moments in Ratchet, um, just trying to follow all of these character arcs, but I think that they ended... Uh, episode 8 in a way where I was like okay we're finally on one even playing field and I kind of can see where this is going and heading Um, it wasn't chaotic at all it was very just like streamlined uh, I'm coming after you you're coming after me so I'm looking forward to the future of Ratchet I think it has quite a lot of potential and I just want like I said earlier and throughout the podcast already don't give up on it um, because I, I think it has the potential. What uh, about you? My final thoughts are that I think that you need to watch this. Um, clearly, if you're still rocking with us, you love that we are Ryan Murphy fans. Our very, very, very first episode of this podcast was Ryan Murphy. We've also done um, a few. We've also done... Uh, what else have we done that's than Ryan Murphy. Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, And we love his vision in retelling a periodic story, uh, a thematic story, and this definitely has a lot of period and thematic themes throughout it. I really implore you guys, I beg of you guys to watch this if you have not watched it already and if you have not watched it and they're just listening to our chaotic rambles about the synopsis of the season everything is going to come together as you realize the story episode to episode because there are dozens of side stories there are dozens of connections within those side stories and this if I could say that any show put me through a roller coaster of emotions, this is the one. This oh, is hi, the one. Um, you heard it first. Because you know what to expect if you've seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You just don't really know what to expect in that season. And I feel like you still don't know what to expect, what's to come. And you still don't know what to expect. We have three to four seasons until the 
final season and I cannot wait to see where Nurse Woo! Ratchet goes from here. Gina, what are your final thoughts, my love? So uh, <clears throat> there is one uh, um, thing that I uh, found in my notes that I didn't mention. So Murphy revealed that he had mapped out a four-season origin arc for Nurse Ratchet where she would face off against a different male adversary each season. Oh, what? So that is, like, something new, spoiler alert, that I don't think we even knew. And lastly, ending with the fourth and final season blending, like Ryan said, one flew over the cuckoo's nest into the narrative. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe this first season, it's, well, there's a variety of male, male adversaries adversaries but I mean I feel like Ryan maybe your plot twist could be right where we end with the final Ratchet versus Edmund I mean this season in itself was so her versus Edmund her versus Hanover and her versus the private investigator do we think okay new question do we think <laughs> that if your plot twist is correct, just playing off of that, will Nurse Ratchet suffocate Edmund with a pillow or vice versa? Or maybe it's a chokehold. I feel like it's going to be a chokehold. Like gonna be a choke death hold. do us part? Death do us part. Or we both are taking each other down to enter that next life. I would love a death do us part type of thing. Almost like, you know when like... Uh, Spoiler alert, if you guys did not watch all of Breaking Bad, the final episode, uh, Walt comes to avenge Jesse Pinkman. Mm -hmm. I love Jesse. He uh, rescues Jesse and gets revenge and then happens to succumb to... Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> to situations of that final event in the last episode. I feel like it could be something very similar to that, where they're both looking to avenge each other, but they end up taking each other out. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. So that kind of gives um, a little leeway to our supplemental information. Ryan, you can start us off. So, uh, we've talked about it all episode long. I feel like I shouldn't go into this for a very long time, but watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, I just did. It's on Amazon Prime, three ninety nine. I can't say that it's my favorite movie. I know that Gina said that she told me privately that it's one of her favorite movies that she's ever watched. With Jack Nicholson. With Jack Nicholson. And I, I respect that, um... I definitely prefer The Shining. I definitely. I mean, he prefer. looks like Zaddy. Let's just put that out there. Jack Nicholson. Okay. He's the kind of crazy that I want to be involved with. You know who he dated for the longest time? Mm. Angelica Huston. Mm. Who played uh, the witch and the witches and Morticia in The Addams Family. Yeah. For some reason, that pairing just makes sense to me. I it's not my favorite movie a lot of fun. because I just felt like it was very much around what Ratchet is at that moment, and I preferred the backstory of Ratchet. And I only watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest 
after I had watched Ratchet. Same. I know that you did too. I watched too, it last night. But I just did not. I just did not prefer the story to it. I appreciate. I appreciated where we saw that Ratchet was going to go, but I just did not like the movie as a whole. I felt like it was very. It was very in your face. It was very dark. And normally I like things like that, but it. It didn't seem predictable. It seemed contrived. I feel like it was dark, but also very heartwarming. Like, there's a lot of scenes that show, like, a specific character, a.k.a. Jack Nicholson's character, coming in and trying to shed light that even though you may be suffering from any type of mental health disorder, you are still a human, and you can still live your life and experience happiness through a boat ride and catching a fish and getting drunk and decorating a Christmas tree and watching like the World Series like all the things he tried to bring in that Ratchet tried to take away um there's so many other themes but anyways watch it and see what you guys think I can guarantee that in seasons to come, I'm going to appreciate the movie for what it is, knowing more of the backstory that Ryan Murphy has created for this character. Yeah, there's got to be more coming. Watching it, being a fan of the character of Ratchet, yeah, uh, which is a very polarizing thing. I want to know more about what brought her to that period so it was a very heavy juxtaposition just seeing her go from this uh avengeful person to this sadistic monster and that's why i think all of these critics don't realize that there's more to the story and they just think it's one season Mm -hmm. because yeah if i just watched one season of ratchet after knowing or reading the book one flew and then watching one flew it's like yeah, read the promotion. There are aside. huge differences, but it's you just have to do a little bit more research, and I don't think a lot of these critics did. They so shame on you. And they definitely <laughs> didn't read the fact that there was going to be several seasons in between. This is not a one-off series, as you said. Exactly. So um, mine is a little bit different, um, but maybe similar. So I don't know. Did you watch Bates Motel? I love Bates Motel. Okay, maybe we should do that. At some oh, point, we have not. That's, that's that. That's the. That's where this. That's where this. That's where this. Yes. yes. Okay. So I chose um, because Ryan already chose one flu. I, of course, being myself, looked up what other shows. If you watched one flu or Ratchet, like what other common themes um, should we look out for, or you know, as viewers watch if we liked ratchet and so bates motel came up and i actually think this is really interesting so i found this online that the reason why bates motel came up it's also a prequel to hitchcock psycho but norman bates the character is similar to ratchet in the belief that abusers are people who have been abused The show explores the themes of mental illness and childhood trauma, which we've seen, Mm -hmm. and how both of those things affect adult behaviors if left undressed. And like Ratchet, which will likely lead up to the events of Cuckoo's Nest, the final season of Bates Motel plays out the events of Psycho. Um, So I thought that was kind of cool. And Bates Motel, which maybe we'll cover, maybe we won't. Um, I mean, Norman Bates is honestly like iconic 
and I just feel like I'm not quite sure about the villain question earlier and for Norman Bates about the villain question but I do think it is focusing on mental illness and trauma that a lot um, of shows address in different ways but this address addresses these things maybe in a hugely dark way but very artistic I agree I agree. So uh, watch One Flew. Know there's more seasons of Ratchet coming. And try out Bates Motel. I believe it's on Netflix now, but originally was AMC. AMC yeah, AMC. Or, yeah. So that is my supplemental. Well, it looks like we're coming to the end of the podcast. Ooh! So, of course, we have to end it. You know, only one of one or two ways... We're going to name our Queen Bee and our King Bee. We're also going to give it our Bee's rating. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and start out. Yeah. My King Bee throughout this whole thing has been Huck. He's the only male that has shown integrity throughout this entire series. He's also the only person who knows everything but will not say anything out of respect for the respect of his peers. So you think he's definitely going to be back? He has to be. He's the... Plus, Ryan... Head nurse. Ryan is marrying him, so he has to be back. Who is your queen bee? Very controversial opinion. Okay. Lenore Osgood is my queen bee. Um, because she killed Hanover? <laughs> because, uh... Even as delusional uh, I thought she was throughout the season, she was the one who had her head strong, and she was the only person, even above Ratchet, who did not have her opinions dissuade. Um, okay. Bucket had her. Bucket had her doubts. Ratchet had her doubts. Uh, hotel lady had her doubts. Everybody had their doubts against somebody in or against their own thoughts in some kind of way, even Gwendolyn. Lenore is the one who really just said, you know what? I have my mind stuck to this. And she had a tragic demise at the end of it. You know, she obviously did not have the upper hand at the end of the season, but throughout the season, she is the one who orchestrated everything with that storyline. And, and she's reason, gonna be back. Yeah, we know that already. Who? Uh, Lenore. Wait, she's dead. Isn't she the? No, she's the mother of no arms, no legs. Oh, okay, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. I feel like she's. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking you were talking about a different character. Were you thinking I was talking about Betsy? Yeah, I was like, okay, I can see that. She was but... my runner-up. Okay, me. okay. Um, I'm gonna make mine short and sweet. King Bee, obviously Edmund, Queen Bee, Miss Nurse Ratchet, because I can't wait to see them, you know, fight till the death, do them part. Um, that's all I'll say. Okay. Because we run in over time. Well, <laughs> with that said, uh, 
you know, watch Ratchet if you want to. If you've already watched it, go ahead and DM us. Tell us your thoughts. Tell, tell us, us who your you're... king and queen bee are. Yeah, tell us what you agree with. Tell us what you don't agree with. And uh, we'll be back next episode with a... Wait, Ryan, we haven't done the most important thing. What? Our rating. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. He was too caught up on like, Sharon Stone. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so here, very controversial. Here on the TVBs, we rate things one of three ways. We either give it a B plus, a B, or a B minus. On the count of three, two, one, we are going to go ahead and give our rating three, two, one, B plus. B plus. It's a I B plus. I feel like it's not a B minus. In my, it just like to explain, not a B minus by any means. Not a straight B, B plus because I I personally think there's more to come. I was invested in all of the backstories and I want to see more of Ratchet. I would love to see a Ratchet versus Edmund storyline mm-hmm. and I would love to see Charlotte, not even in season two, maybe in season three she comes back to the hospital. And I would love to see what uh, Nurse Bucket does with all... Like, there are so many open ends that just makes me so excited for the future of this season. Oh, my God. Before we leave, too, um, speaking of Nurse Bucket, we have something very... Cheers. Nurses do what? They help people. And we're helping ourselves to another sip. But speaking of buckets, we have the most awesome... Summer TVBs, I would say wardrobe, swag. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, yeah. What, yes. uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it, but one of those new items that we just put, click the link in our bio, um, up for sale are bucket hats. Yeah, so go ahead to our official TVB, TVB's podcast merchandise yes. link in our link tree, in our bio, Mm -hmm. and you will be able to buy our nurse bucket hat. Yes, and if you actually do that, please post a photo, and you may get a special little shout out. Um, Real ones only. (laughs) One more thing. Give us your B's rating of Ratchet if you've watched it. And we'll wait a couple of months to uh, let you guys uh, watch it. If we'll you... let you guys catch up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next time that you'll hear from us, we'll be doing another episode of Bees Buzz. Yes. Which is our passion project. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about a bevy of things, all media. But the next time that you hear from the TVB's official podcast, we will be talking about the French series Lupin yes Gina has recommended to us and why don't you give us a little uh on the cuff synopsis okay so first of all it's only I think eight or less episodes so you can literally get through it probably faster than you will with Ratchet because Ratchet's a little heavy but it's a retelling of the classic French story about an actual person named Lupin and if you speak French or if you are French you will probably know exactly who I'm talking about. The world famous gentleman thief and master of disguise. And that's exactly who this uh, new age Lupin is. And he is fine AF. So fine. So beautiful to look at. Um, And the episodes are really short. So Mm -hmm. 
I can't wait until Ryan gets to see that beautiful specimen of a man on his screen for about maybe half a day. I cannot wait. You showed me a picture of it and showed me a snippet, and I'm just like, I cannot wait. Oh to my watch gosh, it's this. so fun. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's like mysterious, it's thrilling, and I just, I can't help but love a steamy male hunk who's the lead. And it's very different from Ratched. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our other shows. So I kind of like that we've given you guys crime. We've given you whodunit. We've given you mystery, sitcoms. darkness, sitcoms, reality. We've kind of given you guys everything. Mm-hmm. And if there's something we're missing, please let us know. Yeah, season three is rapidly approaching. So. What can listeners expect? Should we give them any clues or cues you know what we already have the rest of our season planned out if you want to know what we have planned for season three go ahead and stay tuned for the rest of the season because uh i have a really good idea planned for season three but i want to kind of bounce things off of my partner in crime before we <laughs> officially announce anything. Um, we may tell you a secret if you purchase a nurse bucket hat. We may just give you a little, a little secret action. But y'all, we're out in our Corvette, just like Edmund, end of season one, episode eight. Last question before I end things in three, two, one. Are you Team Ratchet or Team Bougie? According to our buzzword, I'm Team Ratchet. And I am Team Ratchetly Bougie. Ratchetly Bougie. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Thank Good night. you so much for tuning in. Love y'all. Love y'all. Where's my peach? Like my verses in Christ. Mwah.